This is not an ad, so please do not skip. In this episode, we are dealing with some pretty heavy subject matter, including death and addiction. If any of these topics are a trigger for you, please consider whether or not to keep listening. If you or someone you love is struggling with substance abuse or in need of mental health services, please call the National Helpline 1-800-662-4357 or go to findtreatment.gov for a list of services in your area. This episode is brought to you by Triggered 22 LLC, a veteran-owned apparel company. By purchasing a t-shirt, hat, or hoodie from Triggered 22, you're not only supporting a small business, but you're bringing awareness to veteran PTSD and suicide. Please help save the lives of those who fought for our freedoms. Visit Triggered22.com now and place your order. Let's help those suffering from invisible wounds. You know, destroy somebody's life. He's in the hospital getting treatments. His eyeball was lacerated in half, which is crazy that you can even repair that, right? So 13 stitches through the eye. Welcome to the American Grown Podcast, hosted by Austin Sullivan. The American Grown Podcast will focus on people from different walks of life and their journey to where they are now. Now, turn up your volume and settle in for a great episode. Hi, I'm Austin Sullivan. This is the American Grown Podcast, recorded inside the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Today, we have Heather Herman, hairstylist and owner of House of Hair. Heather, welcome to episode 46 of the American Grown Podcast. Thank you. Hi. Hello. <laughs> yeah, so welcome. Um, some of the topics we want to discuss today include entrepreneurship, uh, the hair industry, which if if you know me, I don't know much about because the Lord blessed me with the Mr. Clean look. So I have not been to a barbershop in probably six, seven years. It's been a really? while. Yeah. Do you do it yourself? I do it myself. Okay. Yeah. I used to go to uh, Ty the Barber. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when he had his own place on Cumberland, Cumberland Street, yeah. Like 3rd in Cumberland? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... I've yep, been in there. Yeah, so it was a nice place. It was a nice spot. Yeah. But uh, no, since then, I've been doing it myself. My wife helps me a little you bit. You get the bick out and just... Uh-huh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we also want to hit on uh, parenting, family loss, addiction, and, and finding peace, which I think, you know, nowadays, who isn't trying to find peace, really, you know? That's all we want, right? Exactly. Before we dive in, let's learn a little bit more about yourself. Let's start from the beginning. Okay, so I was actually born in Lebanon City here. Lived here until I was in about second grade. My family, um, we moved to Anvil, and that was basically where I grew up. Graduated high school from there, loved the small town, um, went to Votech while I was in high school. I always knew I wanted to do hair. So went to schooling while I was in school, finished up there, left for a little bit, um, got married, left, came back to Lebanon, and then it was shortly, well, not shortly, but a decade later after all that, I, you know, I'd lost my husband at the time and I moved back to Anvil, back to my roots. And that was, you know, kind of, that was when I decided to do more things for myself and, um, open up my business. So that was five years ago. Wow. So let's take it back a little bit, you know, while in high school, any kind of like activities? Um, I had a crap ton of siblings. So I have 
eight siblings total. Wow. Um, so I played a lot of sports in high school, but I just basically worked my ass off. As soon as I was 14, I wanted to get a job and, you know, my mom was the only one working at the time. So um, with all those kids and one person working, you kind of had to make your keep, right? So I was either working or playing a sport, but um, basically worked a lot. And then just, I think that's where a lot of my work ethic comes from is like, you know, carrying your own throughout your life, but not a lot of stuff in school. I was a pretty good kid. Not Anvil's a small town, so you don't get away yeah, with much there. For sure. And, everybody, and, no, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, everybody knows everything. So it's... uh. Yeah. Yeah. And you were one of eight. Yeah. Yeah. Blended family. Well, one of nine. So I was the baby. One of, I had eight, five brothers, three sisters, and then me. Um, But yeah, blended family. Both my parents were married before they had gotten together. Um, But yeah, very, with five brothers, tomboy. Yeah. Roughing it, you know, growing up, getting beat up on, riding dirt bikes. It was fun though. Yeah. And the reason I ask is you don't tend to see that as, as, as much now, you know, it's like a single child or, or, or two. Um, my mom, side note, for those that know me and those that don't, you'll learn something new. My mom is actually one of 14. Oh my Seven gosh. brothers, seven sisters. I know. Isn't it crazy? That Those people are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like your grandparents. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah, my grandma. Oh, she's saints. a saint. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> you know, so I just wanted to share that because I feel like, especially back, you know, back then it was more common. Very. And I feel like big families, I, I like big families. On my mom's side, I have uh, two sisters on my dad's side. I have a brother. I'm the oldest, but so I just thought that was interesting when you said you're, well, you're one of nine. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. cool. Like, cause I, having only one son, I can see, I love that. Right. Like I can really focus on him, but there's a part of me, like, I love the big families. Like my direct neighbors have like five boys and I love it. I don't know if I could do it because you're yeah. not everybody's built for that, right? Yeah. Um, but it is so much fun. I, it brings me so much joy having my son have a large family next door, you know. And I still talk to a lot of my siblings. They all have a bunch of kids. So it's still a humongous family, you know. And we all get together and are very close. And everybody's local for the most part. So that's great. And I think it's awesome to grow up with siblings, you know. Yeah. Um, I'd love to give my son a sibling one day. But I also can appreciate just having him because I can like just focus on focus. him and yeah, yeah, just love the crap out of him, you know. Yeah. So that's awesome too. Yeah, he, he can get all your attention. And, oh yeah, he um, does. That's <laughs> awesome. That's great. So now, fourteen, you said roughly like fourteen, you started working. Do you remember mm-hmm. like what that first job was or? What, oh yeah, yeah. I, I swear I had so many like tax returns to do because every year I was like bouncing from one job to the next. Um, <laughs> I first started babysitting at 14. I worked at McDonald's. Then I went to Chocolate World. Then I worked at Arby's and then uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Like anywhere I could get in as young as possible, you know, and just stay busy, make money. I had my own apartment by 18 years old. You know, I was like, I'm out of here. You know, this small town crap. But now coming back, I'm like, I want to be in that. As Having a family, that's awesome. You know, it's great. But being the youngest... You're like, oh my gosh, I don't want everybody to know everybody, everything about me, you know? So you kind of like yeah. dip out of that and get a little bit more space. But it is, there's something to be said about living in a smaller town that I'm really biased about, that I love knowing everything. I love being connected with the community and your friends. And like half of my clients are people I went to school with, you know, and our kids play with each other. And yeah. it's like, that's 
I don't know what else there is better than that. You know, that's, right. that's what I love about it. That's, that's what's awesome yeah. about, about a small town is, is everybody kind of knows everybody in some way, shape or form, mm-hmm. you know, and then to come full circle with the kids, that you, you know, they're the group that you went to school with. Now they're, ha- they have kids and you can all hang out. I think that's what make places like Lebanon, Anvil, Palmyra, Elko, you know, the surrounding areas, Lancaster, even, you know, it's, it's neat because it's not like a uh, Philly or Pittsburgh, yeah. the big, big cities, you know, New York, where, uh, you know, you don't have that same kind of relation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all connected somehow. But exactly. to be able to, like, identify it and, like, stay close with, the, with those people, that's special. Yeah. So now, 14, you started working. Mm-hmm. All these all these jobs. Where did that, like, motivation come from? Where did that drive come from? I think it... I didn't know then, right, but I think it was more so just seeing my mom work her ass off, you know, and, like, support all these kids. And my dad was disabled, so he wasn't working. Um, and she gave us everything she could, you know. Like, I, I mean, I grew up in a trailer my entire life moving yeah. to Anvil. So I think it was also just wanting more and wanting to, like, prove yourself in a way that, like, you see your mom busting her ass so, like, to sit around and not do that does you no good as a person or does no good for your character, right? So I think all of my mom's children are like really hard workers and doesn't matter what any of us do, like we all bust our ass at what we do. So, you know, I commend her for that. I think she instilled that in us. And, you know, naturally I think that came from that. But I also am just, I don't think I'm built to be a lazy person. I always want to be growing or learning or doing something positive or gaining something from an experience. So, yeah, moving up. Yeah. Doing more. Yeah, and that speaks uh, highly of your, your mom and, and you know, that she raised, raised you right, you know, mm-hmm. because I feel like the easy way out is not to work or, or be, how, how should I say, um, like be the best version of yourself, you know, yeah. and you could just be like, oh, you know kind of bum it around you know what i mean yeah but, that wouldn't have flown in our house yeah yeah <laughs> this wasn't yeah. an option either you right know? yeah exactly that says a lot i think as you're getting older you had mentioned you moved out of state or out of the area well or? at 18 i had my husband um i was with him since i was 16 so at 18 oh, okay. we moved out moved back to lebanon so not far um got our first apartment together bought my first house at 19 um, by that point I was graduated from high school, uh, with my license cause I had gotten my license by the time I graduated with my diploma or yeah. So I was able to start working immediately. I had a job before I even graduated school. So, so how does that, how does that work with your license and how did you, how were you able to get it before you graduated high school? So that's, that's super important too. I want to touch on that. Yeah. So Votech, like going to a trade school, I, I don't think anybody in my family went to college. I had no plans on it. I knew what I wanted to do, and it wasn't about going to college or going to trade school. I just loved hair. So I had looked into going to Votech before and had to look into it about ninth grade. So when they're, like, prepping you for colleges, they're yeah. also, if you're not interested, they're guiding you, or you hope your counselors are guiding you to um, to a trade or of some sort. So I had applied and gotten into Votech. I started my 11th grade year, I went half day, 12th grade year, I went full day. And then you gain your hours just like you would outside of school. If you're going to a beauty school, um, take your state testing. And I had that done by graduating 12th grade. And 
Wow. I was licensed, ready to roll. Is that like normal? If you can get in there, yeah. yeah. I mean, they take like two people from every, you know, every trade is different how many they're accepting in there, but they take two people from each school for cosmetology. So, and, you know, I think like the statistics on people that actually follow through, I think a lot of the kids are going into that just to get out of school. Okay. Because they don't want to be in school. They don't want to be in class. So, I hey, let's, yeah, let's dip out and go to, yeah. to Votech. Um, I did it because I knew I could start my career quicker. So I did that as quick as possible. And, yeah, they set you up with, I think it was Holiday Hair came into school. And they were re- recruiting people right away. So I had that job and I was working the moment I could, you know, wow. behind the chair. Yeah. So let me ask this. What was, like, the hardest part of obtaining your license like what in the day-to-day of like going to school and and practicing your craft like what was the hardest part I don't it wasn't difficult because it came to you you naturally it came to me yeah I I did feel like I wasn't and a super smart student like English was all right math was okay science and history forget it but once I got into Votech like it just clicked nothing about cosmetology didn't make sense to me like it just all very natural um so none of it was hard I was the hard part was showing up because you know at that point I was dating so I was like eh, I want to skip out but when you're there you're obtaining hours so if you're not there you're not getting your hours then you get to the point of graduating you don't have your hours you're paying for them after school as an adult student so I was able to get all the hours I needed by you know barely and uh get my license but it was pretty easy it was you're not taking homework home really as long as you're like following through in class and doing um clinicals and stuff like that in there you're you're doing it while you're in school so i think the hardest part of obtaining it is taking the test right and at that time we would take um a theory and a practical test now it's just theory so you're just doing a written part now okay back then 10 years ago well, much longer than that, geez, 16 years ago, you were standing in front of a board of people and performing services and they would, yeah, they would grade you. Now you just take a test, but you did that as well as the test, which was super frightening, but. I was going to say, that sounds nerve wracking. Yeah, it is very nerve wracking. I aced both both of them though. I think one I got like a 98 on and one a 92, which I don't think I ever got that grade in anything other than that. So So you knew, I mean, it's like destiny. This is, this is what you're, you're born to do really. That was my calling. Yeah. And. There was nothing that really guided me there. You know, I just kind of like, it just fell into place and it felt natural and I rolled with it. So you're dating at the time you move out, you get your apartment or house here in Lebanon. Apartment and then a house. Yep. Apartment here in Lebanon, house. Yep. Here in Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Okay. So pick up from there then if you don't mind. So from there, gosh, I was, so I was 19 when I got my house, I had I was working at a holiday hair for a couple months out of school. Then I moved up to a larger salon in Hershey, um, probably 30 stylists, huge salon in Hershey. Like, wow. yeah, you know, best kind of place you're going to work at um, gaining experience, you know, um, and education. So it was a really great place. I think I was there t- 12 years, wow. 10 to 12 years I was there. So that Jeez. was the only other place besides... My short stint at Holiday Hair went there. Then I opened my own place. So 
it gave me experience and education there, um, build my clientele too over the time. So then it was 10 years ago this year that I had gotten married. And I think, yeah, I mean, I think it was seven years ago that he actually passed away. So I'm like, I can remember how many years back. I don't remember the actual years of it, you know? Um, so that was like, my the time frame back here in Lebanon City and I was in the city I was like on the north side um that's where I had my town home when I lost my husband I think I was 28 and I sold my house immediately and moved back home I mean I'm telling you within months I was like out of there and back in Anvil I needed to be close to my family um and then that kind of was when I was like what am I doing with my life now you know um not even 30 yet, widowed, still just working like day to day, doing what I love, right? And I was making hella money, like I was doing great. Yeah, yeah. Um, living alone now, close with my family. And it's like, what's next? Like, what are you here for? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the stage of my life there that I had to figure out what I wanted. And that was also when the first time I ever lived alone, first time I, you know, I was, I'm an independent person, but it's first time you're like doing things for yourself outside of like being home and growing up. So, um, it was, it was interesting to like figure it out. And I feel like I figured it out. I always knew I kind of wanted to open a business. And then I was like built for a little bit more than that, than just being behind the chair, working for somebody else. Like you know, kind of capping your career somewhere for somebody else, which is all great because now I'm that somebody else with my stylist and my employees, but I needed to figure out what more I needed out of my life, right? And like what the next step was going to be. So that, I think it was within a year is when I opened my own place up. Whoa. So, all right. So let's, if you don't mind, back up a little bit. And if you don't mind sharing a little bit more, you know, about your your deceased husband mm-hmm. and, and kind of the signs and, and what that was like. Cause I just, I feel like that could impact a it's lot of huge. people listening. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, it changes your, your life. The whole direction yeah. of my life. Yeah. yeah. So exactly how I thought my life was going to go. It didn't. Right. So it's something I'm super like passionate about and also like angry so much at like our society and, you know, the medical industry and the care that people have and the resources we claim to have, but don't really use. Right. So my husband was in a quote unquote, a bar fight. He was at a bar. It was like during football playoffs, I believe it was. And there was a guy fresh out of jail, smacked him in the side of the face, uh, with a beer bottle and lacerated his eye, broke his orbital bone, all of that stuff. So you know, the guy was then taken to court by our DA, DA Arnold at the time, um, for all of this. And here he had just gotten out of jail for like the same shit, you know, it's like, we're like cutting this guy some passes here. So, you know, destroy somebody's life. He's in the hospital getting treatments. His eyeball was lacerated in half, which is crazy that you can even repair that. Right. So yes. 13 stitches through the eye, oh. but, like, he can see, but has that scar straight through. So it's a year of treatment, laser treatments, 
you know, repairing the bone in his face all while he is on the, he also broke his hand because he fought back. So the hand doctor is giving him Percocets while the eye doctor is giving him another sort of pain medicine. I think Oxy's. They're in the same hospital, right? Like we're all at Hershey. We're all working under the same computer system, but we're both piggybacking double pain pills on somebody. Which isn't good. No, absolutely not. Like I know our computer systems have more power to understand that and even our pharmacies, right? Um, So for a year, he's going through all of these surgeries and procedures to better his eye condition and, and, you know, the hands repaired, all of this. And then, boom, one day you're done, cold turkey. Hey, all right, no more medication, right? So your treatments are done, your hands healed, everything's good, awesome. Just go back back to to normal. Yeah, go back, yeah. We're not going to taper you. We're not going to get you help. We're just going to throw you to the wolves, basically. So naturally, your brain doesn't function without these sorts of medications. And, you know, um, what do you do? You know, do you you go to the streets? That's what you do. And unfortunately, like... I'm going to be real. We're living in Lebanon City. I'm right behind the web. It's not hard to find, you know? So Mm -hmm. he picked up trying to supplement his own pain medicine and trying to taper himself off of that. And it was just a long road after that. I believe he struggled for about four years after he was done being prescribed these pain pills from the doctor um, to try and get himself clean. So we did... Uh, rehab. He tried White Deer Run here, which is a facility in Lebanon. We did outpatient rehab. Um, and it was just a bumpy ass road, you know, and yeah. like being young and not knowledgeable at that time when the epidemic of this shit is like, you don't realize the resources we have yet at the same time, there's still not enough and we're not doing enough with it. We're okay with sending people out without help or guidance to like adapt back into society after depending on that for so long. Yet we want to facilitate rehabs for them, but also then when you drop them out of there, it's the same thing. And I mean, unless you know somebody really well or have a shitload of money. Yeah. I see why we have such a bad addiction problem because it is a disease that you're constantly battling in your brain and your brain's not functioning properly. The wires are crossed and then comes depression. Then you lose things, right? So like he ended up not being able to work because he was sick always from withdrawing. So he lost his job. And what was his job? If you don't mind me asking. He was in sales. So he had like, um, at that time he was selling cars for Nissan. And I mean, anybody that knew him, he was a damn good salesman. He could sell you know, an Eskimo ice. It was, he worked for AT&T for years. I mean, there are so many people around here that know him. He went to Cedar Crest from the area and was a great person. Like just always happy, a good time. Yeah. Just really enjoyed life and was like a pleasant person to be around and definitely did not deserve for that outcome or just to be like, you know, that wasn't something he asked for to begin with. And then 
after getting the treatment, you just throw them back out in the streets. It's nuts. It's yeah. insane. So you would think by now they'd have some kind of better system for, you know, because uh, right, it, it wasn't his fault. It's not like he's going. It started on hard drugs, you know, or anything. It's it's prescribed by the doctors mm-hmm. who you trust, you know, full heartedly because you're in a time of need. You need their professional services, and then they just drop you yeah. like that. Just yeah. go back to normal. Just go back to normal life. That's the pharmaceutical industry for you. They're getting paid. It's all about the money. It's, it's, it's all disgusting. About the money. They're getting the money mm. to prescribe all that. You're a file in their book, you know. And after they can't get anything from you anymore, what do they need? You know. So it's off their hands. They can still sleep at night, you know. Um, but yeah, we need a better system. We need something in place or some and maybe there are resources out there you know but like they're not easy to find sure you can find like Al-Anon meetings on the web and Naranon meetings on the web and you can find that kind of stuff but what about when it is that bad and you've been on them for that long you know and I'm gonna be frank my dad disabled has been on oxy for as long as I'm alive and I see it. I seen he could never come off of that at this point. One, he doesn't have the resources either, but like to come off of that after being on it for so long is just, you would, I think he would like die, you know, it would seriously like put him into such distress. And then, you know, a lot of the times you see people will come off of what they're addicted to and then they're just addicted to something else, you know? And that's, that's what like white deer run is doing is like, they're taking people off of the heavy drugs, putting them on something that they think is their brain thinks is giving them the same thing, but really you're on that same shit forever. You can't break the cycle. There's like no way to break it. It sounds like there is. It's just, again, you need a lot of money and a lot of resources, but I've also seen people that have had the money and gone to these great rehabs you know yeah. $50,000 rehabs and still come and still, out of it right. and it's it is a disease because it know? changes your 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 mind your your mm-hmm. your mental buildup I guess you could say yeah, yeah it's you know and then you struggle and ultimately I think what caused my husband to commit suicide was the depression that came with it you know so after you struggle with this new identity of like, oh my gosh, like this is how I'm perceived and I'm not able to get clean. And then you lose a lot and you realize where you're at. I think that was like the breaking point, you know, was like shit. So he told me at one point, he's like, if I ever picked up that I had to use dope, I would kill myself first. Yeah. And, you know, you think it's a figure of speech, right? Like, if you ever get to that bad of a point, oh, like, yeah. I wouldn't want to be there. And I believe that's what happened. I yeah. think it truly, like, got to that point one day that it was so bad and he didn't want to be that person anymore and was sick. Like, really sick. And he didn't know where to turn. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where do you turn? I think he felt like he exhausted all of his options. You yeah. Know? Just for the, the listeners, because I didn't catch it either, the... The bar where this all went down, was this here in Lebanon? Where um, he was hit was in Lebanon, yeah. yeah. Do you want to mention? Yeah. So the be- it started, the whole thing started at the Samler, 
And then it ended up going back to somebody's house where all these people ended up all traveling back to and continuing the drinking. And then that happened there, which is a whole nother bag because, you know, God rest his soul, district attorney Arnold isn't with us anymore either, but he defended us against this felon (laughs) and uh, ended up doing it so the guy could take a plea deal. So he like totally like bluffed us like, hey, we're here to defend you, right? But when the time came, the joke was on us because really he wanted this guy to be a snitch. So he ended up letting him slide. Right. Never took anything for it. Nothing. Nothing. Wow. Justice system's fucked up in many cases. Wow. So fucked up. Um, It's insane. And I truly believe what you put out comes back to you. A hundred percent. And you do people dirty, and you just do wrong and evil right and like have poor morals or do stuff like that like it comes back around whether it's immediate and i don't even want to say karma i just mean the energy right like and i guess that is what karma is it's an energy um you do bad you're gonna receive bad so it's just it's a shitty system so like i have very little hope and faith in a lot of our systems all around you know when it comes to the legal system the pharmaceutical industry you know the resources we claim to have but don't want to do anything about um yeah it's it's a shame because there's a lot of good people that get caught up in this for reasons that they don't have control of and then have no way out no way out and and they feel like that's the only way Mm -hmm. so looking back on it now you know, were there signs for the listeners out there, for people that might be going through something similar that, you know, your 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 husband had gone through and that you had to go through? Were there signs or anything you want the listeners to know? And then we'll kind of wrap this up and then we'll we'll move on to some other uh, topics. And it gets better for the listeners. There is yeah. there is a light at the end of the tunnel for Heather. I know a lot a lot of people are probably like, what does this have to do with hair? But I'd like to get the background of everybody yeah. I talk to. And I think it's important to record these stories for not only listeners now, but for other generations. And um, let's have you pick up from that. I don't know that there were signs of an addictive personality, right? I do believe, I do believe you can tell sometimes with people that they have addictive personalities. I had a girlfriend that was always the life of the party and always doing everything to such extreme measures and ended up doing, you know, somewhat of the same sort of thing. So I don't know if... There are certain personalities. I do think there are some personality traits that you can tell have addictive personalities. Now, whether they get hooked on something or not, you know, that's that's the gamble. Um, as far as, like, the addiction in, with the suicide rate and that part of it, I think everybody lives with regret and guilt after something like that happens, right? Like, what could I have done or... Why didn't I see this then? Right. Um, I'll live with that forever. But I think you never see it until after. And I think the biggest thing that I feel like we look over is like depression and seeing when people are like, you can be depressed and act totally normal, you know, but it's like what's behind closed doors. And I think um, seeing people depressed 
because I do believe that's what actually led to it, right? Like he was so depressed. I think we need to be more mindful of what people are going through, being kind, looking for the signs of depression, right? Like hiding out and not coming out, not answering your phone. You know, it's up to us to check in on the people we love, right? So if something seems off, check in. If something seems off in how they're talking to you, look into it more, you know? Because like there's, I think there were little signs that I probably just would have never thought of until after. And then I'm like, holy shit. That was maybe a cry for help, right? But there was nothing huge that I saw or that I can say, hey, that was what that was, you know? Um, But I think it's really up to us to care for the people around each around us and around, you know, care for each other and check in on people that we love, especially if they're going through that, right? Like I had seen him three days before this happened and we had a good conversation, like, but he was sick, you know, and you don't really know the severity of what somebody's going through because you're not in their shoes, right? But you know when they're going through something. So just check in on your loved ones. That's really like be there for them. You can't enable people and you have to allow them to make change, but you can also be supportive and be there for them and check in on them. That's really what it comes down to with me. What? Eleven. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, my wife and I, we have a, a one-year-old daughter, Parker, and this might people might be like, "What is Austin talking about?" But we watch Sesame Street. Mm-hmm. One of the characters is Elmo, and at the end of Elmo's like world, it's called Elmo's world. He says, "I love you," and I'm like, "You know what? That's that goes a long way for mm-hmm. kids, for parents, for just for like you know, it's like you tell your wife or." whatever he's like i love you you know what i mean that that really has a deep meaning and i think you're 100 percent correct like tell your loved ones you love them and appreciate time you have with them especially grandparents but just anybody in general you know yeah and i know that i guess that was a quirky comment but it's true yeah you don't realize what you have till it's gone right and when it's gone it's too late so you got to do that you got to stand by the people you love and you know that gave me a huge perspective That gave me, like, losing a husband at a young age is one thing. But then it also came, like, the perspective when I lost my mother. You lost your mother to to cancer. Yeah. So different, different devil, right? So lost (laughs) two devils there. But lost my mom to cancer two years ago. So... You know, speeding forward a little bit. Let's just get this part yes, of it out yes. of the way. Uh, yep, so yep. I can use your whole box of tissues first and then we'll start laughing. But yeah, I think where I'm trying to tie that in is I grew up in a household where we never really said I love you. Like I knew my mom loved me and I knew my family loved me, but it wasn't spoken. Mm-hmm. So I like, I think I tell my son till he's sick of me how much I love him. But it's true. You got to tell people that because 
my perspective after losing two of the biggest people in my life, you know, my husband and then my mom. And I don't really think there's a greater loss than losing a, than that, than to lose a child. Right. And I hope I never go through that, but you got to do that life short. And what are we here for? But to like share joy with the people that are around us and the people that we love, because without them, what is it even about? Right. Like, Oh, exactly. I never realized unconditional love, like until I had my son and, you know, my mom got to experience him for two years and it was fantastic, but it's like, that's the blessing in it is being around people that bring joy to your life and making sure they know that you love them and giving and getting love right like in the end of it like what else are we left with like right. yeah and we're all humans i mean i think right. it's a it's emotional connection it's it's that saying i love you mm-hmm. you know it's we're not made to be on our own i i don't think you know we used no. to be we used to run in tribes you know mm-hmm. way back i never leave my house without saying i love you i never go to bed in an argument i don't know if it's like just a weird thing I do, but I just, I won't, you know, like it upsets me if I don't get to say, I love you. Like there was one time my entire life that I didn't get to say goodnight to my son and I was beside myself. Like he fell asleep early over his cousins, um, with my aunt. And like, I think, I don't think I slept half the night, but I'm like, God forbid something would happen to me. You know, life's too short. And it is, yeah. the people you love should know it. That's yeah. it. And it's all about the moments, I think. It's not the yeah. items or, you know, so, make such a big deal. I do it myself. You know, it's like a new iPhone's coming out. Oh, yeah, I'm like so excited. But yet, it really has nothing to do with that. It's the people in your life and, and the moments that you, mm-hmm. you make. We get caught up in the wrong things a lot of the That's time. It. Yeah. And it's a shame because until you have great loss we don't always experience like good perspective on things. So like, I know that I was more interested in like the stupid shit before I experienced great loss. Right. So like that gave me a new perspective and made me realize what really matters in life, you know? Yeah. So to segue, right. While this is all going on, you're also running your business you're full time behind the chair, mm-hmm. so you're. I mean, you have a, a full schedule, cutting people's hair, making them look their best, um, and then of course raising your son as a single mom. You have a lot going on. Like, how, how do you do it all? I just do. I don't know. Like, I am very organized. I am. I'm just like that's how I was born, right? Like, not born, but that's how I was bred. I would say, like. My mom, the same way, she just did it and she made it look easy and she did it like with grace. It's just all I know, you know, I don't need anything else outside of that. Like I have my son who's the greatest joy. I can live a simple life. I don't need a lot of stuff. I wanted it before until I had perspective, right? Right. Um, But I work in an industry that I love. I have a business that I love. I have great employees. I make enough money that I can live my life comfortably. And I could say I make a lot, but it's not even that. I just want to like live and do the things and have the experiences and make memories with my son. It's not even about 
running the business to make the money anymore. It's about having the first four years off to spend more time with my son because not off, but like being flexible with my schedule. And, you know, that was important to me. And when I opened my business, I just found out I was pregnant. So it was a wild ride. The first year I'm working 50 hours a week, pregnant and swollen as shit and uncomfortable on your feet, on my feet all day, just by myself solo. So, you know, I have him and then, we get shut down because of COVID. That's right. Okay. Right after I expanded Holy my cow. business. Yeah. So, so after a year of being open, mm-hmm. I bought a building because business was great. So I'm open a year. I have my son. I get this offer on the building that I originally always wanted because it's right in front of my family's house. On 422? Mm-hmm. Oh, is that, um, okay. So, yeah, so the garage, yep. Oh, so a nice location. The people that owned it originally wanted to rent it to me and when they first wanted to rent it to me I'm like oh that's so big I'm scared I'm not ready to do that by myself so I had rented a place in the square of Anvil um, lived in there for a little bit and that was when I was alone right like before that was the first time I was living alone so lived in it for a little bit and then realized it was a commercial building and I'm like well shit I'm gonna open my business here I can live upstairs yeah I can work downstairs it was great so do that, get pregnant, get offered this great business or building and realize, well, I can do this now because I just banked all this money from busting my ass all year. I'm going to take the jump. So I bought the building, did the remodeling on it. And five weeks into opening, we shut down for a whole entire quarter. So, you know, new baby, new business. Yeah all right, now the world's going to shut down. So that was scary as shit. And of course, as um, self-employed, you didn't get shit while you were closed as well. So that was fun, but I made it through. My employees made it through. And honestly, I think it was like a week before that we got the green light. Mm -hmm. What the hell is that shit anymore? I'm like, thanks for letting me work again. again. Yeah, let's, yeah. Right. Honestly, when they talk about it now, I'm like, I don't even, Susan, don't even talk to me about it because, you know, like yeah. not in my chair today. We're not discussing that. <laughs> yeah. We Take will it not somewhere else. Yeah. We will not do that again. Hell no. But no. it was the week before we got the green light and I'm like, I'm done. Like, I'm going back to work. I got my son to feed. Like, this shit is ridiculous. You know, this segment can work. We can't. Like, what are we doing here anymore? So... We opened back up, then we got the green light, and honestly, business took off like crazy. It was awesome. Yeah. Like, busier than ever. Women wanted their hair done again. You know, men wanted their hair done. Like, we were all deprived for a whole entire quarter of the year, mm-hmm. and people wanted to get out. Now we got out safely, right? With our masks. Um, thank God that's over, too. So let's not try and go back there. But it's been great. So since that, I I started off with one employee there. Now I have six or seven. Wow. I even added like another station in the salon. One day I would love to expand it. So buying the building, there was always a potential for expansion out back. Um, They had kind of started a little bit of it. So that's in like the next three to five year goal is to expand, which was why I wanted to purchase it. Because why would you not buy something that you can grow into even more? 
So that's like future plans with it, but it's been great. I love running a business. I was meant for it, I believe. Like not only do I love doing what I do um, creatively and with the people that I do it with and for the people that I do it with, um, I'm passionate about it, but I also love the business end of it. It intrigues me. I want to be challenged. I want to be busy. I want to build something that my son can be proud of me for, you know? And I really feel like I, like when he comes in there, he's like so stoked. He's like, this is my mom's place, you know? And it's like, yeah, that's, that's all I do it for, you know, to make him proud and to, to keep, give him a legacy, pass something down when I'm not here, you know, and just in the beginning when I did it, I think I did it for the wrong reasons and not even in a bad way, but like, yeah. Again, you grow and, you know, I'm almost 35 and I'm like, well, shit, life goes fast, you know, and like yeah. watching something you create, like a child in front of you grow, that goes fast, you uh-huh. know, like, uh-huh. yeah, oh, yeah, it, it's nuts, but that's what you do it for. Like, I really just do it all to make him proud and to keep doing what I love to do every day and not feel like I'm going to work, you yeah. know. Do you mind shouting out your son's name? Yeah, it's Oliver. Oliver. Shout out to Oliver. <laughs> That's awesome. And I I think, uh, you know, as parents now, I mean, new parents, right? My wife and I, it is that legacy. You know, it's it's the family business here, Color Tech. You start to realize, one, it's not always about the money. It's it's Mm-mm. having your own business can sometimes give you the the privilege um of having time back yeah you know because that's all we that's the most valuable thing we have time is more important than money exactly yeah. and i feel like you know early 20s mid 20s you're just all about the money oh yeah, yeah. Where, where can i get the most money oh let's hop to this job let's do this and that but then especially once you have your, your first kid yeah it just changes everything everything your whole world it's you like know. eye-opening you yeah know? And, and it's more how can I spend the most time with them? And like you said, see them growing up. Now, Parker, again, is only one year old, but so much has changed, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you don't want to miss any of it. You, know? you really blink and like, like, how did you get this big? You yeah. know, like, I feel like, I mean, he's almost January, he'll be five. And I feel like I can't believe how fast it goes. Everybody warns you, right? But until you're in it and like you're watching it, it's unbelievable. Like that is, I never felt like life went this fast until having a child. And I truly think it's because that's when you have the most fun, you know, like sure the days are long, but the weeks are fast and that's what it's about. This is what life's about. You know, this is it. That's it. It's it's a great perspective because I remember exactly what you're saying in, like middle school, high school, you know, parents, grandparents, even teachers would be like, just wait time. It goes fast. Like mm-hmm. it's going to fly by. And you're like, what are you talking about? Like, you get so sick of hearing it. Yeah. Yeah. You get so sick of hearing it. And it's not until, like you said, you, you, you have your child and you see, but like, uh, you know, I'll be 32 in October and I'm like, where did time go? Like, mm-hmm. I remember being 21, 22, you know what I mean? Just, and it's, it's, uh, I think what happens as you get older, Right. You get more responsibilities put on you, mm-hmm. whether it's work, you know, career, hobbies, then you start to grow your family. So it's not bad things, but it's like you get more responsibilities. And I think that's that makes that makes the time go faster. I don't know if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, you're busier, yeah. whether it's with jobs or responsibilities. And, you know, yeah, you're just busy and it comes with it. Like, that's why 
doing all the little jobs that I have, like the salon and being a mom and, you know, the podcast. And, you know, I think people, a lot of people are like, you're always so busy or you're always doing something. And, but it's like, that's what we're here for is to like make every moment that you have count, right? Like I am not going to waste time anymore and I want to do things that I will remember and make memories and give my son experiences and do things I'm proud of, you know, and that he's proud of and that he'll remember me by, you know, and if that means time's going to fly because we're doing shit all the time, then so be it. But he'll remember all that shit. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. You know, after going through lost your husband, lost your mom, COVID, for the listeners out there, there is like light at the end of the tunnel because now you're happily engaged yeah. and you found peace. Yes. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Congrats. We're going to edit our... <laughs> well, let me see. When when did you get engaged? What was the date? Uh, literally two weeks ago. Oh, snap. It was, like so it was last two Saturdays ago. Oh, I took my yeah. calendar down. Okay. I don't even know what day. Today's the 8th. Yeah. I met Nick two years ago and... I had given up at that point because I'm like, this shit sucks, dating, and all I cared about was my son, and I think it was really hard to find somebody until I met him that was worth giving up any of my time, and even, like, to date, like, I didn't want to date because that meant I had to, like, pull time away from my son. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, being a single parent, how do you date when you have a toddler, right? Like, right. no, you don't. It's a little tough. Yeah. Right. And so, I actually met him on Facebook. He was living in Virginia because he was stationed there for the Navy. And we just, he's from here. Oh, wow. Graduated from Cedar Crest. And... He got deployed to the Russia shit with the Navy. So that was great right after meeting. Oh, He's like, no. Bye. Are you serious? Like, yeah. Oh, horrible. <laughs> horrible. So I'm telling you, there's a lot of twists here. Yeah. Um, but it was cool because I got, I met him and we instantly connected, but we got to like really get to know each other. And I mean, we joke because we say we legit took out a small loan to have phone cards to call each other while he was gone for six months because when you're on a ship in the middle of nowhere don't think the navy is going to give you calling time for free to talk to your family you got to pay for that right so right like here's our system again so we actually would email and call each other all the time and i really got to know him while being here and doing my thing and raising Oliver and keeping my business going and enjoying all that while having somebody really great in my life that I got to know at a good pace and comfortably and build a foundation with, right? Mm -hmm. So like get to know you first before like jumping in. And I mean, we instantly connected. It was great. Um, We're very much alike. He is a super hard worker. The dude doesn't sleep, I swear. But yeah, so two years and I mean, I think right off the bat, we knew we were going to end up getting married. We both share the same goals, you know, like we want to expand our family a little bit, um, stay local because both of our families are around here. So it just all worked out. Yeah. And yeah, it feels awesome. It just feels like 
Like I can let my breath out. Like I, it feels right. I feel like I've been holding my breath for so long after all the shit that I'm like, when am I going to catch a break? Right. And I feel like my son brought me so much joy, but it's also like, you got to love too, you know, besides the person you gave life to, you know, right? Like, so to find a partner that I just feel like I have like the whole package. I feel like I won the lottery. There you go. Like have the greatest son. I have the greatest fiance and they're great together. And it just works so easily and naturally. And there's no struggle. And I'm sick of struggling. I got to the point where I was so tired of being tired of keeping yourself going because you have all of this great stuff and you know what you're capable of, but you just keep getting beat on. Right. So I just felt like something's got to give at some point. And, you know, perspective looking back, there were a lot of really shitty points in my life that I could have threw in the towel. I could have just said, fuck it. You didn't have it easy. No, no. And I have no desire to do that because now I have a kid that looks up to me and a great fiance. And this is what I kept going for is to get to this point of peace and I'll be damned. It's in my mid thirties, but like life is good. Yeah. You know? Ain't so, nothing wrong with that. Mid thirties no. is still young. I love my thirties. Don't scare me now. I don't, don't want to go me. back to my twenties at all. Yeah. Thirties is great. 30s I hear forties gets even better. Exactly. Um, it's like a fine wine. Yes. Yeah, just keeps I'm getting better. here for it. So I'm happy. Life is good. Yeah. Shout out to Nick. You know, that's uh, phenomenal because it sounds like for so long you were carrying the weight of, mm-hmm. of raising your son, the business. I mean, the business alone to start your own salon. I mean, that's a lot of pressure, you know, and now to have someone that loves you, Nick, to help carry that burden, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like you said, that, that completes you. That's yeah. what anybody I think looks for in life. He's like the most supportive person yeah. and great partner. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it just feels good in a good place. Awesome. Yeah. So let's, let's really dive in now to House of Hair. Yes. House of Hair. So for those that don't know, located right on 422, mm-hmm. right uh, stones throw away from Lemon Valley College. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the uh, stylists. What are your services? You know, let's go into that. So I bought a garage. <laughs> my brother and my dad were mechanics. My brother actually wanted this garage. So I'm like, here's this garage in my hometown. I can see my parents' roof from my back door of it. I love it. So I bought it. I completely remodeled it to, you know, what I wanted. Um, Not too big, not too small. It's perfect. Like, I just, I love it. Everything about it. Um, It was never my dream to have that, but it's more than I've ever dreamed of, right? So it's, um, I have six girls now. It's like fluctuates between like five and seven, you know, employees are, that's fun. So, oh yes, <laughs> six girls. Also, my best friend that I've been friends with since I was 10 years old and grew up in Anvil with works for me. Do you so want to shout like, her out? That's Lauren, awesome. Lauren, Lauren, shout out to Lauren. Daubert. We grew up together. We ran those alleys together. So this is like pure nostalgia to me. Like I couldn't ask. have more. Yeah, you couldn't, couldn't ask for more. No, right. nope. This is 
Literally, I feel like I've, like I said, I've hit the jackpot. I'm in a point in my life where I have everything I need. I don't need a single thing more for the rest of my life. I'm content. Um, And getting to like a content point is, it feels really good. There's like a certain sort of peace that comes with that. And I'm happy. I'm happy where I'm at. We provide all hair services there. We, I'm more of a colorist. I've like gotten my master color expert certification with Wella and we focus a lot on color and extensions and cutting. We now have a male groomer in there as well. So God love Dan. He's in there with six other women, but he does great. He also has a wife in the industry. So I feel like he's, he understands. Yeah, yeah. he gets it. Yeah. Um, I have Larissa that's there, a colorist as well, a super experienced in extensions. She's been with me since I opened the building. So she's been the longest at that that location with me um, since I've had the business. And then I have Emma and I have Maddie. And Lauren and Maddie are both locals. Maddie's my neighbor. She's great. She just graduated from high school last year. She's starting beauty school oh, next wow. month. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's awesome. And um Emma's fantastic. She's a when I first hired her, she was a junior stylist, but now she's just like the rest of us. Like she is kicking ass. You know, they're all amazing at what they do. They're really great. Very particular, very precise with their clients and just good people. Yeah. So yeah, I have all these really good human beings. Like I feel like you win some, you lose some, you know, there's always turnover in any business, but it always works out how it's supposed to. And the people, my core foundation of my people that are there are like rock solid people. Like they would do anything for you and they know I would do the same for them. So I feel like I've also won the lottery with my staff. Um, They're all hard workers and they're great at what they do. They're good parents to their children. They're, you know, just all around solid people. So shout out to uh, all the ladies and Dan and Dan at uh, House of Hair. Yeah. So future plans, we want to expand. Nothing crazy. Like I said, I have everything I need, but if we can grow a little, that'd be great. So the expansion, like what, what would that be more chairs or... Like, I don't, I toy around with different things, like, honestly. Yeah. I go back and forth every other week. It would basically give me a room on the back of the building the same size as a salon. Oh, wow. And it's a good it, size. Yeah. It's yeah. already kind of started. There's already a roof on it. The foundational pools are up. So it's a matter of just completing the, the expansion. Every time I like get to the point where I'm ready to, I'm like, meh, I'm good. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who needs a little more work on their plate? But... Yeah, so it's cool to have the opportunity to grow when I'm ready to grow. Exactly, yeah. It's like my sweet spot. I love going to work. My son loves coming there with me. Like, he begs me. He's like, Mom, can I come to work with you instead of school? You know, and, (laughs) you know, he's in preschool, so that's not saying too much. But it also says that he loves being in there, which is like, that's kind of something I've always dreamed of. Because growing up, I had an aunt that did hair. Okay. So my cousins that were closest in age with me, their mom did hair. And I remember just, and that may be part of like the reason that it just naturally was something I wanted. But I remember being a kid and like being around it and loving it, you know, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. She's like painting hair. I'm like, awesome. Let me do it. So 
he loves to watch and he'll greet my guests. And the other day he was in there and he's like, are you here for my mom? And she's like, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, I'm her son. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. That's all you want to hear, right? As a parent. It's great. He's probably your number one salesperson too. Yep. And he's cute. So all the ladies love it. (laughs) Yeah. That's so cool. So who are some of the mentors that have helped you out along the way? I don't, it's tough because like I really just decided this all on my own that I was like going to do this. I think, I think the biggest decision was like that was me finding what I needed to do in my life at that time to like do something for myself. Right. Um, I obviously had inspiration from other business owners and, but at the same time, this was like my thing. Like I did all the research. I figured out how to open this business on my own. I saved all the money on my own. I ordered every damn thing and did all the licensing, all the permits, all the designing. Wow. That was all me. All everything. You. Everything. No, no, I had like a business plan and a game plan for decades. You know, it's like burned in my brain. I don't know. I think it was just also my mom loved it. So like I would blow her hair out every week. So I think there was also like inspiration coming from like pleasing her not in a way of like that I needed to make her happy because the woman was happy with anything right but it was like I just wanted to make her proud so like to be able to do something like and she was proud if I gave her a nice haircut you know so it was just doing more to like better myself and make her proud was really like I wouldn't say she was a mentor, right? But she was my inspiration for it. And yeah, I didn't, I figured this out on my own. own, I'll be honest. Yeah, I really did. I just, but that's who I am as a person is like, I like to research. I like to do my homework and know what I'm getting into. I take risks, but only safely. Right. So like, that's just, I have had people, you know, I have a girlfriend that has a salon in Cleona as well. She lives across the street from me. Her name is Erica. Um, she's kind of the person that I talk to about like life things when it comes to like owning the business. She's a great human being, probably one of like the coolest, most down to earth, intelligent people, but also like she always has the right answer. Like, I, not in like a therapist way, but like she's just knows what to say and has it figured out. I'm like, I want to be you. Like, how do you just know? Like, it's not even like a. she doesn't give a fuck because she does. Yeah. But in reality, she knows what's important. And like anytime I've like had troubles during any of it, I could kind of lean on her. Um and she's either experienced it or like we talk through it, but she's also a client of mine and I do her hair. So like I get to see her frequently and I love that. And we both just have experienced a lot and it's good to have somebody like you that you can like chit chat with about it. But I don't, I, I don't want to sound cocky by saying I don't have mentors, but I just really like when I decided I was going to do it, I just, I had already figured it out by that point and I started small and safe so I could learn along the way before I got too big yeah. and before I needed to do more, you know, with it. But yeah, I don't, 
I never wanted to be like anybody. I just wanted to do what I wanted to do, right? And Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with being proud. Like, hey, I did this all on my own. You know, I think, I say here at the shop a lot, it's like no one else is going to promote or talk about your business and what you do more than yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to fully believe in that. No, be proud about it. Like it's yeah. just you. You did it on your own. You're, I don't think yeah. I talk about it as much because I don't ever want to come off cocky because I'm like the most humble person ever. But yeah, that's, but you did it though. I did it. You did it yeah. on your own. And not a lot of people can say that, you know, for not saying that's bad that, that they can't, but you did it on like your own. I've had help along the way, you know, and there are obviously some things that are out of my control that I can't do. But like, yeah, this was my baby. That was my plan. I had had it figured out and I executed it. You got it done. And I did it. You weren't yeah. messing around. Nope. And I do want to say too, two of the like best things. Now this is when I had hair, but for the <laughs> listeners, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. I think everyone, my opinion, but I think everybody, new pair of shoes and getting your hair done or beard shaved or whatever it is. Best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Like when I would go again, tie the barber, shout out to him. When I left his chair, I felt great. Yeah. Didn't matter what kind of day I had um, or you, I got a new pair of shoes, especially as a kid. But even now you get a new pair of shoes, you just, you feel good. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what you and, and your team's doing at House of Hair, every every person, I think, you know, you're, you're making their day so much better when yeah. they leave your chair. You can say we're just hairstylists, but more the power that. that it has on somebody, and I'm saying that from experience, you know, just getting my own hair done. When you feel good because you feel like you look good and you're comfortable and confident that changes things it really does i mean also like a good head rub feels great you know so like you're leaving feeling refreshed but yeah it's it's really great to make people feel good about themselves on top of the world we live in today you know so even if it's like that's the best part of the week that's what we do it for amen They yeah. got some swagger when they leave, yeah. you know. And Ty's great, too. I have to shout out to him. He does Nick and Oliver's hair. so No way. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you happen to see him when you take Oliver in or however it works, let him know uh, Sully's been trying to get a hold of him. I will. Because I want to get him on this damn podcast. Yeah. And he keeps uh, dodging me. I don't. I know, he's bu- I know he's busy. I shouldn't say he's dodging me. I know he's busy. But, yeah, I'd like yeah, to get him on. He's got a baby, too. I know. He does. Yeah. yeah. He's got a... We're all getting older. We're all... Mm-hmm. But yeah, like fine wine, Mm -hmm. fine wine. That's right. So now, Heather, tell me about the uh, items you brought. So I brought with my scissors, which are my babies. Um, They're Mizutani scissors and uh, probably one of the most expensive tools I have. I could just tell by how you said that brand. (laughs) It was something of expense, yeah. Um, Yeah, but what's great is you can expense it too, right? But um, yeah, those are my, my babies. I treat them like gold they're japanese steel not gold but they are awesome um i also brought with you know i actually thought of you being bald when i brought the hair with because i'm like this would be a good photo op you know what i was thinking that too i swear no i was gonna message you on instagram and be like do you have a wig because i would wear it so i don't know but we could definitely (laughs) do something with that but yeah these are um the extensions we offer those are just the different colors so you can um i can be a redhead yeah yeah, you could be whatever you want wow um so that's the hair we use for the extensions and to color match people i brought my business card because this is my whole staff oh is that what it is okay Um, yeah those are those are all my people all your peeps. Oh, that's awesome. 
Where's yeah. where's the where's the building? That is at Foxcrest Farms in Anvil. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a local again, somebody I know from school has a family farm and it's freaking gorgeous. It is. Um, That's a, that, yeah. I like that business card. That's perfect. Yeah. It's different, unique, good-looking group too. I always just put our faces on the front because I'm like, oh, they're all beautiful yeah. Yeah, yeah but i switch it up every time and we love getting our pictures taken so just to keep updated right. i love looking at pictures like i think i probably get family photos way too often but i don't know i just love having the memory yeah. it's great i don't yeah. know if you can plus people you know uh, my grandfather always says he's 85 years old he's like people buy from people so the fact that you have everybody on your business card you know, somebody might know somebody. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you, you know, I know that person. You go there. I went to high school with them or college with them. And now all of a sudden you drum up business that way. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And I'm like, well, if it's on the street somewhere and they see it and they pick it up because there's yeah. some cute people in the front. What the heck? Right. We'll get, it, we'll get a new client. But then I also just brought uh, Darth Vader and Son is the book I brought. And that's Ollie's favorite book. And, you know, Nick got it for him. I forget where. Um, but we're... I'm not a huge Star Wars person, and I can't say I've ever seen all of them. No. But we like the Mandalorian, and that's like... The new one, We've yeah. been into that, yeah. So we all, okay. us three, watch that a lot at night. So I wanted to bring something that made me think of them, and then also the business. So, yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like Nick and Oliver, and you have some homework to do, because you should, <laughs> especially being a boy mom, watch Star Wars at least all the way through once. Yeah. You should. I've seen the last few new ones. Oh, they're not that good, though. Okay. Yeah. Start... And I feel like I've seen a few here and there. I mean, come on. They're all like right. on at random a, a times. As, I know. When you say you didn't see them, I'm like, oh, come on, Heather. Not all of them yeah. and not fully through and not in order. So. All right. Well, maybe at some point. Some, how many like aren't there? How many are there? Oh, I think nine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. It's a commitment. That's a lot. You know, but. I can barely sit through like a half an hour episode. And I'm about... like shaking my leg like <laughs> I got something to do. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Well, hey, if it happens sometime. One day. One day. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Maybe if I get the flu and I'm down for like a week or something. Well, hopefully not. Yeah. I... Yeah. But I see what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> you could you could knock it out then. So um, now how can our listeners connect with you and follow along on your journey? We, I have multiple social medias. So we have the my business which is house of hair two h's in the front because of heather herman that's on instagram and facebook i am heather's chair but then also the podcast that i just started with my friend kate who's also in the industry but she does skin i do hair um we just started that we're working on like a third or fourth episode now that is house of radiance podcast so we're pretty easy to find um, on Instagram and Facebook. And then my website is houseofhair.com. But again, two H's in the front Yeah, my name. Perfect, and yeah. perfect. And how did you, real quick, how did you meet Kate? We actually met when she was working at Alta. So right when I opened my business, so about five years ago. So we've only known each other that long. But we we jive well. So you, yeah. yeah, you, you bond real Straight well. shooters, yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. Perfect. Yeah. Shout out to Kate and the podcast, House of Radiance Podcast. I recommend everyone check it out. Spotify, right? Spotify yeah, and, and Apple. And Apple. Yeah. Oh, you're on all the big ones. Good, oh, good, good. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. So go check that out, guys. And if you, uh, you don't mind leaving a rating or review, they'd greatly appreciate it. Yeah, please do. Cool. So before we close out, uh, anything else you'd like the listeners to know? Don't waste time. Live your life. Have fun. Do it for the right reasons, you know, and tell the people you love that you love them. Yeah. yeah. Amen to that. 
Yep. Heather Herman, owner of House of Hair on the American Grown Podcast in the ColorTech Creative Solutions Studios. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. To see photos of today's guests and more content, just search American Grown Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. If you'd like to be a featured guest on the podcast, please direct message or email Austin at AmericanGrownPod at gmail.com.